0: Welcome to Paranormal Selectivities. I am your host, Anthony Martinez. On this podcast, every Friday I bring on a guest and we talk about a horror movie of their choosing. For this episode, my guest is Jason Dean, and we will be talking about the 1979 film Salem's Lot. Let's get into the episode. All right, thanks for coming on the podcast here, Jason. So you brought the movie uh, Salem's Lot, well, like the, uh, the series, this miniseries, uh slot and uh it was very good. I really enjoyed it uh, this was the nineteen seventy nine version. I know they did a remake uh a while a little bit ago, but uh, what made you wanna bring this movie or series onto the podcast
1: uh, i guess uh the, so when you when you were talking about like the horror movies, like the first one I thought to do is was one that's like bananas that no one's ever seen before so this seemed one that was a lot more like um accessible to most people and it's one of my favorites it's kind of like comfort viewing Mm -hmm. um uh as far as movies go
0: yeah i can see that it wasn't like very like there weren't like jumps i mean there was a few but like it's a the whole thing is like three hours long so there's definitely it's not like constant jump scares so you got a lot of downtime and it's very suspenseful at times um but yeah i i I enjoyed it and then what is your relationship with horror movies and the horror genre in general
1: um pretty big horror buff It, it i wasn't um uh until i kind of uh like met my ex now ex-wife but yeah. she she really loved them and she kind of got me into them and so i
0: i kind of fell in love with horror movies i guess okay yeah all right so uh we're going to get into the plot of this movie um i kind of like putting like talking about the plot was kind of hard to like get everything in order so Instead of it being the way that the movie put it, I kind of did some, um, I kind of did parts like a full way, um, instead of like cutting back between, cause they kind of did a lot of cuts where you see one thing happening, it cuts to another scene and then it cuts back to the first scene. So when we're talking about it, I'm going to kind of just do one whole scene together and then we'll cut to the next part. Um. Just because okay. that was easier for me to, like, get it all put together. Did,
1: did you know going into it that it was a made-for-TV movie?
0: No. After After <laughs> I got watched it and I kind of, like, was looking up some more stuff about it, then I seen it was, like, a made-for-TV movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I didn't really know much about it going in.
1: You can tell, uh, I feel like you can tell i i hadn't thought of exactly what you're saying of like there aren't yeah it's it's very much like like an episode of buffy or something where it's like these scene, concurrent scenes going on at the same time like in television mm-hmm. would not like a movie where they kind of like play out one scene and then play out another scene yeah and yeah if you if you watch it now you you probably wouldn't realize well you'd realize that i guess yeah yeah
0: and then uh i also liked how uh anytime uh striker was on camera they just had like super ominous music no matter what like just him like driving in the car or just him like in his shop it's just like ominous music the whole time he's on screen which I yeah thought was pretty good all right so the movie starts off with uh ben and mark in a church collecting holy water um, a bottle starts to glow really bright, and then they're like, yeah, they found us again, and then it kind of cuts off there. You don't really understand what's going on there until later on in the movie, but uh, this scene reminded me of the scene in Waterboy where he like gets knocked out during the football game, and they have to give him that specific water to get him back up. If you, i don't know if you remember that scene i don't remember yeah. <laughs> they just like he had this like bottle of water that was in a similar it was like a blue little oh, thing and they like get a it special out container yeah the yeah. container looked very similar i don't know why that that came to mind while watching that
1: do, do you know if in any other like vampire mythology or anything like that like is that a common thing like where like the waters a holy water is going to do something special in the presence of
0: um all i know is they usually try to do like religious stuff Is supposed to be like anti-vampires but I, I don't know exactly too much about like specifics on what it is that works on them and what doesn't gotcha yeah um, after this, it cuts to uh, Ben, who is the main character, uh, arriving in Salem's Lot because um, he wanted to write a book about a house in the town. Um, he goes to that, like I think it's like a realtor's office, um, and yeah. he's talking about the it's the Marston House, and he's seeing if he can purchase it or like rent it. Uh, but they told him that it's already bought. Um, and then this is where you meet Bonnie, who is the um like the assistant, and then Larry, who's the realtor. And I thought Bonnie looked like Drew Barrymore. So I like looked up to see if she was related to her, but it ends up that she's actually related to Macaulay Culkin. Like that's her hmm. nephew, which <laughs> was a super random thing to find <laughs> out while watching this. He had a much more successful career than yeah. <laughs> I've never seen her in anything else. Yeah, I think while researching this, she might have been in like one other thing after this. But yeah, that's that's about all she was in. And so then, yeah, he goes after this, he goes in, he is renting. uh He goes and rents some like boarding house, um which in his room, he has a view of the Marston home that he is like looking at all the time while he's writing his book. He goes and he's in a park and this is where he meets Susan um in this park and that's uh she is reading one of his books. Um so then he starts talking to her and then this is where like their romantic relationship starts. Um he finds out that she has an ex named Ned who uh won't leave her alone despite them no longer being together
1: yeah i i think that it it makes you wonder how big salem's lot is because like i could easily see them being like the ned character and susan like being the it couple of this like whole town yeah and probably making waves they're on again off again
0: yeah or whatever (laughs) yeah i think at the beginning it said it was only like a population of like 2000 or something like that but i might have misread that but I'm pretty sure it's pretty, pretty small town. Yeah. Yeah. So it um, goes to later on in the day, Ben is parked outside of the Martian home and then uh, a Straker who is like uh, somebody who lives at the home. He kind of comes out of nowhere and like greets Ben. It's just like, Hey, and then just <laughs> continues walking to walk into his house is yeah. a very strange thing but uh, Ben was like super creeped out or super afraid after this happened.
1: I I I've wondered about that and I wonder if it's not like he knows about that house and it, any he kind of has to think like anybody who looks that casual coming mm-hmm. in and out of that house like what has got to be their
0: story or yeah. their deal. <laughs> yeah later on he kind of talks about what he's seen there and he like believes that whole house is like evil um yeah so then after this it goes to this like play that is going on um, where mark the boy from the beginning of the movie he is the narrator of it Um, and ben shows up at this high school because he wants to talk to his former teacher so like he talks to his former teacher and they set up to have a uh A dinner in the future um after this it goes to mark's house where he has a couple of his friends over so they could rehearse lines Uh, the two boys um, are told that their mom wants them back home so then they leave Um, they attempt to get home through the woods Um, the older boy trips and is separated from the younger boy the boy the older one i think his name I forgot. Put his name down later. Oh, Danny. And then the younger one is Ralphie. Danny and Ralphie.
1: What a yeah. weird set of names.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's just super generic. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let's name our, our children just like these throwaway names. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The they just uh went through a book and just looked for the most common used names and threw them in there. Yeah. so then uh they go through the woods yeah the book the danny trips and is separated from ralphie um and it's like a super foggy night uh ralphie is then taken like some figure pops up and takes ralphie and then it goes to so this is part of the movie where it's like kind of it goes from this scene to like a completely different scene but i'm just gonna go through like their whole scene then we will go somewhere else so it has uh later on it shows the mom and dad calling mark's parents trying to figure out when they left and then you see danny kind of stumbling in from the woods Um, the parents uh grab him he kind of passes out and then when he he they put him back into his bed when they're in his bed he when he's sleeping he wakes up to his brother um like floating at the window Um,
1: yeah
0: and so then he lets him in and then is like attacked and then they take him to the hospital the way that the boy was like floating was like hilarious and extremely creepy at the same time yeah it was just so funny like the way he was like like you could tell they couldn't control him that well because like he was like (laughs) just (laughs) going a little little everywhere yeah (laughs)
1: um and i i remember when i first saw this movie and like i was that that like affected me a little bit that because you see that a few more times and i remember talking to friends and being like how would you react if you if someone especially someone you knew was like scratching at your window to let them in and it's like you're you're floating
0: man you cannot come in here yeah especially after they just gone missing like
1: yeah i think but i think it does like it's something very primal like it's like this idea of like a peeping tom or something like that it's very creepy
0: yeah yeah and then also they took like the scariest way home imaginable Yeah. (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah when i was younger i definitely would not have gone through the woods to get home like <laughs> I, was, I was very anti woods in the middle of the night
1: <laughs> well and how this bit this town isn't big enough to need a shortcut
0: exactly It <laughs> <laughs> probably saved like two minutes <laughs> yeah All right. So then uh, after this, uh, well, kind of while this is going on, um, Coley, who is like the truck driver and he is Bonnie's husband, um, he was hired by Straker to pick up a crate and take it to his home. And instead, Coley hires two different men to take the job so he can spy on his wife, um, who he suspects is cheating on him with Larry. Um, so then it shows uh ned who is um her ex he's the ex that uh is like still creeping on yep um what is her name susan susan yeah okay so it's creeping on susan and then you have mike who is like the grave digger or like he lives at the cemetery i don't know exactly what his job was
1: I'm. I never knew what to think of Mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> just a weird guy. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it shows them picking up the crate from this uh, from the docks and putting it into his truck while they're doing this. Ned states that the truck was like super cold and um, like it, like uh, unusually cold or unnaturally cold. Um, So then they get it in the truck and they're driving and as they're driving to the mansion or to the home, the Marston home, they uh, see that the crate is like slowly getting closer to them and uh, they're like getting super creeped out and they just keep getting colder and colder and then they get to the Marston home and they manage to get somehow the the biggest crate imaginable they get this crate down to the like downstairs of this cellar without any kind of equipment or anything i'm like there's no way that these these people are able to move that yeah and then so they get it into the cellar and they and ned keeps wanting to open it up because he wants to know what's going on in there but then they hear somebody inside the house so then they drive off and then a little later straker arrives with uh, a black bag it looks like a body bag and then when he opens it up you see it is uh ralphie who is in the bag
1: i feel like that is the, the the size of that bag is is weird where like when you see him walking with it it looks like he's like it, there's like a trumpet in there or something <laughs> but then when he puts it down on the table and then he opens it up and there's like the kid inside like
0: that's not how big yeah anything yeah. is <laughs> you can tell yeah it, it's definitely like okay we're not actually going to put this kid in the bag while he no. carries it downstairs so let's just like put something in it which is clearly not the same size of the kid as no. they rig it down there um one thing that i thought was kind of not strange but like usually i guess that it since it's like a, a tv series it's a little different but a lot of times in movies like these scary movies they will not show you what was in the bag to keep you like guessing you know yeah. what i mean like i felt like they showed that pretty early on but maybe it is because it was a tv series that it, a little different timing that they usually do
1: I think, too, probably they knew it was it's kind of a slow burn. So mm-hmm. they kind of want to maybe throw something at you early on. I Maybe
0: that. Yeah, it could be. So then you cut to Cully, uh, who is outside his home where he sees Debbie uh, on the phone with somebody, which it's Larry. And she's trying to convince Larry to come over to her house instead of them going to hotels. Um, so then Larry arrives a bit later and Cully comes inside with a shotgun to confront them. Um, he's like yelling at them and he makes Larry hold the gun to his head. Um, and then Cully pulls the trigger, but there was, it wasn't loaded. Yeah. Which th- this scene was really fun for me of just like how crazy Cully was acting, but then like he wasn't going to kill him in the first place
1: yeah that was um if you think about it they could have completely took it all that whole plot line out of the the story and like exactly the same
0: yeah yeah this is just like i don't know they were just adding time because then uh like larry this whole part is like strange like the whole series of events so then larry runs out of the house and when he gets outside, he is like jumped by some figure. Yeah. And then it goes to uh, Ben and Susan. They went out to uh, dinner at the at her parents' house. And then afterwards, they drove to the lake to get some alone time, um, which while I was watching the scene where they're like sitting by the lake and like making out, I'm like, there's no way they're sitting by this lake and they're not getting swarmed by bugs right now.
1: I've never been by a
0: lake and not had just bugs swarming you. Did they even have a blanket? I don't even i I don't even think they had a blanket with it. There was just kind of like laying on the ground. Yeah, make it out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That not a not an ideal makeout place. (laughs) No. (laughs) So then, as they're making out, they hear like two cars pull up and then one drive away. So they go to check it out and they find Larry dead in his car. Um, Which this is weird to me is like, how did they get police there? Because they don't have cell phones, so they would have had to like Um, drive back to town and then contact the police and then drive back to where they were. Which it just seemed like it was right away, and I was just like, I don't know, yeah, how this whole scene Um, happened.
1: Maybe I think maybe it was a lot closer than maybe there was someone somewhere really easy to walk to yeah
0: like, i guess also yeah i guess it is pretty small like a gas town, station or
1: so, something yeah. and there were pay phones but this is when they had pay phones too so yeah that's true yeah. but it is it is i think there's a lot of that in this movie <laughs> where like they're they were like let's just step on the gas and hope no one notices yeah
0: <laughs> yeah so the the piece- Police get there, uh, they kind of like take the body away and question them a, a little bit. Um, they go to like the next day, they are searching for Ralphie, the missing boy, and Ben finds like a black a piece of black clothing, which they assumed was Straker's. So Gillespie, who is like the constable, he goes to Straker. They have like a conversation about wanting to see his black suits so they can investigate him um which which never does never come to to
1: fruition yeah yeah
0: like he (laughs) brings the suits there and then like uh, nothing happens after that they don't check out the suits and like see oh this one is missing a black strip or anything it's just kind of extra pieces of movie that was there
1: i do absolutely love every
0: interaction between
1: the constable and the and and striker because every time it's like this weird like cat and mouse game of like <laughs> you yeah.
0: know is
1: this constable good at his job or bad at his job you yeah
0: know? yeah i love how Sorry. he was like uh he was like chow he's like what he's like that's uh what is it? it's italian and He's like, yeah. I didn't know you were Italian. He's like, I'm not. <laughs> it's just the worst. <laughs> yeah. <ending>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he is the constable
1: smarter? Isn't he? That's the whole question of the <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So then um it goes to or the next part is Danny in the hospital where he is asleep. And then pretty much the same thing happens. Uh he wakes up and his brother's at the window. So he goes up to his to the window and then uh opens it up again and this time he is bitten which like when he like was walking he knocked over his like iv bag or like i guess it was glass at the time but he knocks it over it's this huge noise and it's like all right is there not a nurse or anything here like just (laughs) nobody is no keeping track of these people after hours like that's yeah that's insane yeah so uh the next day a nurse finally a nurse gets there and sees uh Danny <laughs> dead in his bed. yeah <laughs> it looked like it was like 11 or something it didn't even look like the morning it was like close to the yeah. afternoon uh so yeah. yeah they uh find him dead in his bed so then they have a funeral for danny for danny and during the funeral his mother faints from grief Um, then it cuts to mike who is filling in danny's grave and then you see like it kind of get all windy in the night like it starts to get a little darker so then after like five or six times of like putting dirt on the grave mike jumps into the grave and like opens up the casket and you see Danny with like the super creepy eyes and he ends up biting Mike and then um I couldn't imagine having to dig a grave by hand
1: (laughs) especially not that big of a grave that was I I they would have had to do the first part they would have had to dig it up with a bulldozer and then he fills it in by hand but maybe just like they have some class in this town and they're not going to
0: have some (laughs) bulldozer like (laughs) yeah driving over the cement and everything or driving over the cemetery yeah yeah but uh and it definitely looked like it was like a super deep grave because like so he was he jumped down in it and he was like standing on the grave but his head still wasn't sticking out of the grave
1: yeah like he he had to be in some kind of trance because you'd ask like how do you think you're getting out of
0: this (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah so he does that uh and then he gets attacked um by danny and then it is showing ben and jason who jason is his former teacher um, and they're having dinner at some uh like restaurant And Ben tells him about how he believes the house is evil and when he was younger, he saw someone hanging there or like hanging by their neck and while he was hanging he like opened his eyes and then he ran away, so this is when he was a kid when Ben lived here before. Um, And then how he's talking about he believes the house is evil and that the person who built the house had killed his wife and a maid and then killed himself and then there was a couple other instances of like people dying in this house that way which I thought was kind of funny that he just like immediately opened up to him it's like even though it was his teacher he hasn't talked to his teacher since he was like 11 is yeah (laughs) and just kind of like I feel like you would you would have just immediately open up about something like that unless you've known this person and like have been talking to him and stuff. It just seemed very odd how quickly he was like opening up about this.
1: Yeah, I think it is odd.
0: Yeah. So then, while they're talking, they're interrupted by uh, Mike, the the what's it called, the gravedigger. Yeah. And he comes in and he's like all disoriented and he's sick, Uh, said he had some kind of bad dream and that he slept on the hill all night. And so then Jason invites Mike to his house that night to stay over. And so he can kind of like watch over him. Um, And then that night. Mark is visited by Danny the same way that Danny was visited by Ralphie. But because Mark is, like, into the paranormal and all that kind of stuff, he knew not to let him in, and he used a crucifix to get him to leave. But this part was so funny to me because he, like, pulls out the cross and, like, puts it at the window, and he's like, get away, you're not allowed in here. And just, like, he's like, ah, but, like... Again, they're not really able to like move them that quickly, so he's just like <laughs> slowly backing up, even though he's yeah. like in pain and stuff. It was just so funny to watch. It's it
1: like as as like um as silly as it is to think about it, like the actual shot is so is very effective. Mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. I I also like that's the first time we hear Mark's weird accent. <laughs> i didn't does even does that make sense like he says like go away weird like he says like go away
0: <laughs> i didn't even like, catch that i i'd have to like re-listen to it because it it didn't jump out to me right away
1: it's only when he says certain things
0: like maybe <laughs> he's
1: he's british or something i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah it's definitely possible um so then it goes to uh after this he is asleep or he tries to get back to sleep and his dad comes in and is like what happened and he's like oh i just had a bad dream um so they kind of play it off with that so then it goes to jason's home where he's having a nightmare um so he calls over ben to come over and to bring a crucifix which the thing i liked about this movie or this series is like they they immediately were on board with like okay we have to start doing some like some stuff like they they knew how to combat vampires like a lot of the times in these movies you have these people have like absolutely no idea that vampires even existed or like there's like a thing that um comes up in culture so they have like no idea what to do but in this movie or in this a lot of people were like ready to to have like a, a stake yeah. and a crucifix and stuff, which I thought yeah. was cool.
1: I I wonder if part of it is that the the two people who start to believe it first are like these literal literary people who are maybe more open to like possibilities and flights of fancy yeah. and like some more yeah. open
0: to like maybe there are vampires. Yeah, but even like so I I don't believe in vampires, but if some vampire type stuff was happening, I would be like, okay, where's yeah. where's my cross? Where's my where are my stakes? Like, where's the garlic yeah. and all that kind of stuff? I would immediately be like, okay, we gotta start start doing this stuff. So Ben finally arrives there and they go upstairs and they find that Mike is dead. And earlier Jason did see like two bite marks on Mike's neck. And it showed uh, like the window was open and Jason said that he heard like people talking in that room, Um, so then they started believe that vampires were around, but they didn't think anybody would believe them. Um, So then they talked to Bill, who is like the doctor and that's also Susan's dad and they like bring up the idea to him that maybe like a vampire thing is going on. So. Ben gets home and when he get or gets back to where he's staying and, and this part was so funny to me is he opens his door yeah <laughs> and then Ned like solid snake like pops out of nowhere and punches him. yeah <laughs> so
1: funny. It, it looks they, it looks like he jumps out of the armoire is that yeah how you say that? like
0: the, cl- yeah. the
1: the clothes thing and yeah like Apparently he's got some power.
0: Yeah. <laughs> behind like those, out. Those hands. I had yeah. to rewind it because like I was I was watching the movie and then all of a sudden he just popped out a note like <laughs> basically nothing to me. It he popped out a, a box, like I couldn't even tell. Yeah. So I had to rewind it to see what happened. But yeah, he was like behind like an armoire thing, but it was just so funny to me how he just pops up and punches him in the face. Um, yeah. So Ben uh Ben gets put into the hospital. And then Ned ben is taken even, to jail.
1: Ben even was warned. The 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 landlady of the thing even said he this Ned Tippett was sneak, snooping around in your room or something. He even knew he, he was like around.
0: Oh, I didn't <laughs> even catch that. I didn't even catch that part. But that's so funny. <laughs> that was yeah. just the most ridiculous part. Uh, Yeah, this is another thing like, I mean, I guess it didn't really need to happen. It just it just did for some reason. Uh, So, yeah, Ben is in the hospital. Ned gets taken to jail. And then Jason is uh, it goes to Jason where he's alone in his home. He hears somebody in the guest bedroom and he grabs his cross and slowly slowly goes into the room. And then he sees Mike there in the rocking chair. Mike opens his eyes and you see that he's a vampire as well, and he attempts to attack Jason, but he's pushed back because Jason had the cross, and then uh, he, like, pushes Mike out the window using it, and then Jason has a heart attack, but managed to call for help while he was collapsing, which I really liked, like, how creepy they managed to make all, like, the vampires, like, the people just the regular looking people who like they made their skin all like dark and yeah. stuff like something like they were dead for a while
1: yeah they're definitely not the kind of like sexy dracula
0: yeah. type yeah while i was doing research about this they they definitely were like yeah we don't want uh like they they don't want it to be like that whole like sexy like we're able to like talk our way out of everything and all that kind of stuff yeah like um what is it barlow is like super creepy like nosferatu looking vampire
1: yeah and it's the idea that they're all gonna i mean i think we're supposed to get the impression that he's like very old
0: yeah but like is
1: the idea that eventually they would all like kind of turn into something like him
0: I think so probably after a a long time of being a vampire they eventually just lose all their hair and all that kind of stuff but yeah like they they specifically wanted it not to be like that smooth talking vampire and like even like Barlow doesn't even talk at all he's just kind of like animalistic when he dinner time yeah yeah so then yeah earlier they tried to convince uh bill that he was that vampires are attacking and um so ben is at the hospital and they find out that like several bodies have disappeared and then mrs glick who is danny and ralphie's mom um, she died of anemia which like uh pretty much everybody was dying that same way So then they were starting to put together like Okay, maybe this is like a vampire thing. So Ben and Bill go to the corner to prove that Mrs. Glick is now a vampire. And then when they get there, Ben makes a cross out of uh, two tongue depressors, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, (laughs) like that's what he had lying around. Um, So he starts praying um, and as he's praying uh, Mrs. Glick starts to move and then attempts to attack him and he manages to get Bill in there as well. He puts the cross on her head and it like burns her and then she just like completely disappears. Yeah I always forget that she just like vanishes like
1: yeah that scene is really effective too and I think it's the the like the the um ben character i think it's one of those times where you see that he's like um he's not necessarily some super like heroic Mm -hmm. but like is like trying to you know a a, a good balance of like a a heroicism but also like how someone would probably realistically react
0: to something that like that yeah especially when they're in the house later when they're at the um the marston house you could tell he like yeah wants to do it but he's also like hesitant at the same time yeah um yeah so now bill believes him that it is a thing oh but but the fact that she just kind of disappeared it's like okay did she is she like <laughs> defeated now or is, did she is she just escaped like that That's the only thing that Uh, I would be a little confused about.
1: Probably jumping ahead, but do we do we see her again?
0: I don't believe so. And like all of the vampires that are like in the cellar with them later, you know, I don't know if you really can tell who any of them are. Which I thought they would kind of show, but yeah, I don't believe we see her again.
1: I think one of the ones in the cellar is Ned.
0: Mm -hmm. Um.
1: And I, I kind of think part of it is just like, she has to go away and it was, they probably didn't have the technology for her to like turn into dust or something, but like they can't, they couldn't have had a vampire body just for the plot because then they're, they could just show
0: everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's probably just convenient.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a lot of a lot of these movies do that. Just like oh, it, this makes more, or this is easier for us to continue the plot if we just make this thing go away. Yeah. All right. So then it shows um Ned lying down in jail, and the door opens, and it's Barlow, who is like the original vampire. He comes in there and attacks, uh, attacks him. Which this was like. Okay, why did this happen? Like, it's just so strange that it happened.
1: I think just like a lot of them, they're just like want to get in another like scary moment. Yeah. Probably.
0: Yeah. He definitely, Barlow definitely looked super creepy. Yeah.
1: I, especially like it makes you wonder like, how powerful really is this? This guy, when like he just waves his hand and it like
0: unlocks the (laughs) jail cell, like, oh my god, (laughs) yeah, that's one thing that like kind of irritates me about like these movies is like it always shows like the big bad person, they'll do something incredibly insane, and you're like, how do you defeat this? And then like they just get defeated in like the simplest way yeah when it's like okay why didn't you just use your magic power earlier <laughs> yeah yeah uh,
1: i i guess he needs straker to like guard him during he's like his day guard right he's yeah. like his
0: then it goes to um ben and bill they get back to the home after the incident with mrs glick and he tells susan to take her and her mother to boston Uh, to get out of there and anybody she can convince as well to get out of there um you have father callahan he goes to mark's home because he told i guess mark told him at some other point that he keeps seeing danny at his window so then they think his parents think that mark is imagining it and they're blaming it on like his movies and stuff that he watches And then as they are talking about this, the house starts to shake, and then like a black cloth flies through the window, and then it makes the shape uh, of Barlow. He just kind of appears out of nowhere. Um, And then he just, (laughs) this is kind of funny to me, he just like smacks his parents' heads together, (laughs) and then they both just die.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. I think the, 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 him, like the puddle of, of like black cloth cut, that was a pretty impressive effect yeah. for like yeah. a TV movie for him to like kind of uh, appear out of it, but it is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's interesting to show how strong he, he must be, mm-hmm. but like, yeah, he just like conks. He's clearly <laughs> yeah. done that before. He's done that yeah. many
0: times.
1: <laughs> he just conks their heads together. Yeah, it was just kind of <laughs> like a
0: like a three stooges thing where they're just like bonk and then they're both dead somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, he grabs Mark. Uh Barlow grabs Mark and Father Callahan like wants him to let go. And then um uh Straker comes out of nowhere and is like In order for us to let him go, you have to like have like a faith off, basically. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so then yeah, he lets him go. And then you could tell you see here that the cross doesn't like do anything to him to Barlow. And Barlow kills uh the Father Callahan. And Mark runs away (laughs) swearing that he's going to kill Barlow.
1: Again, in his weird accent.
0: but i think okay um, i think i might have heard it at this point but like it just didn't completely affect yeah. me but yeah
1: oh i do think part of me this is silly but part of me like kind of judged the priest for like not playing by the rules i guess i
0: don't know that oh because he of, never put down the cross
1: yeah it's like <laughs> you're, you're gonna do him like that i guess but
0: Yeah. I guess we're not supposed to root Yeah. I think I
1: think I think yeah, I think it was done when he appeared out of out of nothing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I just love how it was basically like a faith off. Like, let's see whose faith is more yeah. Then it goes to the next part where Ben is trying to get a group together to like fight this. But all the people that he goes to uh, have either already become vampires, they're dead, or are fleeing the town, um, who, which yeah. was Gillespie, who is the, the like, the, uh, what is it, the sheriff of the whole town, but he just leaves. The constable. The, the constable, yeah. <laughs> the former constable. <laughs> yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I'm not the constable anymore. And he's like, oh, you're going to stay? He's like, okay, here. And then he just hands him, like, a gun, which... He hands him a single gun, like just a regular revolver. It didn't even look like it was like that powerful of a gun. Like he probably had a shotgun or something that he could have. I wonder if that's how
1: you become the constable.
0: You just have the gun. (laughs) You
1: just have the gun. (laughs) (laughs) Like you're the constable now.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And Cully should have been the the constable. He had a gun. He had a shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it shows him leaving, and then uh, Susan, who was supposed to leave town, um, ended up at the Marston house, and while she's there, she sees Mark sneaking in to the house, so she follows him in there where she's trying to convince him to leave. Um, She almost gets him to leave, but then they hear a noise in her room, so Mark runs in there, and when he runs in there, he gets knocked out, and then Susan is taken and yeah. then they uh it's uh striker he ties up mark in some chair and tells him that susan's going to the person that or susan's going to meet the man that she wanted to meet uh so then yeah
1: pretty, it's like wow you're being real vague striker
0: exactly
1: <laughs> like it, it, yeah
0: yeah like what are you being vague for like you got them all tied up like
1: yeah like he's he knows... gonna kill her and then you
0: <laughs> exactly and he even you seen... he's already seen barlow like he was just at his yeah. house yeah, yeah. so um, he manages to escape from the chair after straker went somewhere else and then as he runs out he runs into bill and ben who are coming in at the same time um, with steaks and holy water so ben uh is trying to get mark to leave and while he's trying to get mark to leave uh bill is walks up upstairs alone and that's where he runs into straker which apparently straker is like incredibly strong he (laughs) just picks him up and like impales bill into this like random spike wall that they have for some reason Yeah, probably not up to code uh
1: like an antler wall yeah it was and it was because like uh part of it was like uh ben was like messing around in his duffel bag for like 20 minutes trying to find the
0: gun (laughs) yeah it was just like i don't know what he was doing they like clearly needed bill to be alone but they didn't know like what to write into it to get Ben to be distracted besides just fooling around in that (laughs) duffel bag
1: yeah like he's bad at organizing a duffel bag (laughs) and then he dies
0: yeah (laughs) so then uh, he manages to get the gun out and Straker's like coming downstairs so they shoot him with the gun a bunch of times and manage to kill Straker they start searching around the house and then that's they go to the cellar which I thought was kind of funny how like the seller had like three steps, but that was it. So, when he Mark like runs yeah. through the door and falls. <laughs> um, yeah. Then they find um, they find the coffin and then they open it up. And I thought there was going to be like a big scene here where there's like a fight or something, but yeah. nothing really happens. They just, he just stakes Barlow through the chest. Um, and then they set the house on fire and they were unable to find Susan. And then it goes back to the main or to the scene at the beginning where they're both in a, in a church getting the holy water. This, they, t- they say that it's two years into the future and they're somewhere in Mexico and they know that somebody had found them again because that light or the water was lighting up so then they go back to like their hideout when they're at their hideout ben goes to his room where he sees susan who is there and like the whole time she's talking she has her eyes closed which i think she was trying to hide her being a vampire (laughs) real red flag yeah (laughs) yeah so then they uh she's like trying to convince him that they can like be together forever and it looks like he's gonna let her turn him into a vampire and then he pulls the stake out at the last second stakes her in the heart and then it yeah. just shows him and mark leaving um and then it kind of ends the movie there
1: does he even tell her tell mark about it like i don't think he says anything
0: yeah i don't know i mean they knew that somebody found them yeah and i felt like they were kind of like okay so you know somebody found them you would think they would like stick together at least until they could like get rid of whatever it was but well you kind of
1: he's he says like they found us again and you kind of have to wonder like how many times like have Mm -hmm. they like gone back to their high like how many vampires have they had to kill between <laughs> then and now
0: you know <laughs> yeah yeah this is two years into the future and it's kind yeah. of crazy so yeah that was the whole movie um now let's say that you were somebody in this town um and you at least have been able to interact with ben so you're able to get some information about what is going on here what do you think your chances are of surviving this movie
1: Mm. I think pretty pretty good. I mean, all you have to do is like leave, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and 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 they don't seem like they don't seem like really bent on stopping anyone from leaving. So I think as long as I, I think the right choice is to leave. The wrong mm. choice is like, I'm gonna kill Barlow. It's like <laughs> you're not gonna kill Barlow.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I think I would leave. And I think if you decide to leave, your chances are pretty good because they don't really seem like they're trying to stop you from leaving.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Nobody's like stopping you, which I kind of thought like at the beginning, it seemed like they were going to like, it just seemed like everybody was super weird that you were meeting. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I I would pretty much just leave right away. Or even if I was going to help fight, I felt like they were very unprepared and like very bad at fighting the, the vampires
1: yeah and like only by chance did he go over to the constable's house and like the like the constable's like here take my gun which i don't think they're supposed to do <laughs>
0: i don't think he cared um, at that point
1: yeah <laughs> i think he signed something saying he wouldn't do that <laughs> well what
0: are they gonna do uh, fire him <laughs> yeah 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 i, I feel like It would have been pretty easy to leave and uh, then you just get to live. Yep. (laughs) All right. So then uh, what was your favorite part of this series? Um, And then was there any part that we didn't mention that you wanted to talk about? I guess my favorite
1: part was just like how all the characters seemed... It was... The whole world seems pretty lived in. It seems pretty like Oh, it really feels like some little town that's like like things were happening before, and mm. if not for this, things would have happened after, I guess. Um, I, I think the characters all seem at on one hand like very goofy, but on the other hand, like somewhat <laughs> realistic. Um yeah. One thing I took note of this time watching it was like the the um the geography of like spaces makes no sense like (laughs) do you remember how like mark's room was like huge
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) like he had a little desk inside of a giant room filled with like you know uh horror paraphernalia like yeah for them being so like his parents were so like um uh anxious about his like interests looks like they sure spent a lot of money on him
0: exactly like, yeah. in his
1: like hobby
0: <laughs> yeah and i thought the strangest thing about it was like he just he was so against it like his dad was so against him being into it but it's not like that would stop him from getting a job or anything like It's not like he was like obsessed with it and it's not, I don't know. It was just so weird that he was like, when are you going to grow out of this? It's like, what does it matter? Like, it's not, yeah. He doesn't have to (laughs) love, like, he doesn't have to get a job in this. He can get another job and just do this
1: on the side.
0: It was just, it was very weird to be like caught up on it. They should
1: be glad that he's not into like porcelain dolls or something (laughs) (laughs) like, or like collecting like cats
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, there could have been worse things. Could have been worse. Yeah, I think um I'm trying to think my favorite part I think is just the fact that they were so quick to like think vampires and like get all of the right stuff to fight the yeah. vampire. I just I hate when a movie is like okay oh they're vampires they're like oh, i've never heard of a vampire before or like yeah i've never even i don't know how to fight these things it's like there's the movies are all over there's like it's just so into culture that you probably would have heard something even just like by chance all right and then what would you rate this out of 10 probably like a six six i yeah i
1: I love it, but it's, but object, I think objectively, it's not great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I I really, I did enjoy it as well. I would probably give it like a six or a seven. Um, It was good. Uh, There was like a lot of suspense and you kind of built the world really well, but there were just a lot of random things that like, just like kind of plot holes or just like, they kind of just rushed stuff just to make it make sense in the in the movie.
1: Yeah, and I don't know when in the timeline of like Stephen King's success this like this takes place. Mm-hmm. Like, is this like you know? Because like I'm imagining just like if if this was made by like CBS or something like that, they. They probably kept calling the director and be like, "So are you? How's that coming along?" And he's like, "Oh, it's it's almost done."
0: Yeah. So apparently, when this movie was being made, uh, it was it was they were going to make it a movie, but because there were um, there were like two or three other movies came out at the same time that they caused it. They were like, "Okay, we're just going to make this a TV." special instead hmm. uh, i think it was uh nosferatu and then like the dracula movie they both came out around the same time so they're like yeah we're not gonna flood
1: the market yeah with
0: it makes sense yeah all right so now let's get into the uh two games here so i'm gonna give you a couple quotes and you just gotta tell me like who did the quote this first quote okay. is between two different people um so the first this is a uh, first person says what's he done the second person says he murdered 18 people it's, it's like <laughs> 18 people yeah every one of them was an old man asking what he's done
1: uh that is this is between the constable and i think some like homeless man that he asks to watch them
0: yeah his name's weasel yeah he's just kind of like a homeless guy that's just kind of around everywhere do we see weasel ever again um he's in a couple parts like there's a part where him and um what's her name the person who like owns oh, where he's yeah. staying they're like inside yeah. of his his room and then i think weasel actually becomes a vampire at some point in time yeah he he just kind of is around every a couple times. Okay. And then the next quote is something wrong. Something's wrong. It's getting cold in here.
1: Is that Ned Tibbet?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the main reason I brought this up is just the way that he said it was so funny. I don't know. I yeah. remember... Something's
1: wrong. It's getting cold in here. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was so good. All right. So I'm then sorry, it's
1: probably funnier if I get these wrong.
0: <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> Pretty much every quote I've done so far, everybody's gotten correct to okay. It's mostly just to like, here's a part of the movie we're probably not going to talk about, but I just wanted to bring it up because of how okay. entertaining it was. Um, gotcha. So then there was a look at me. Look at me, teacher.
1: Look at me. Look at me, teacher. Oh, I I talked to I spoke too soon. <laughs> look at me! Look at me, teacher.
0: Okay, so you okay? I, it's to Jason. I, so I'll, I'll give you that. It's it's to Jason who is like the, oh, the old teacher, uh,
1: the um, the 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 grave digger guy. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When he's in the, he like stands up from yeah. the rocking chair and he's like, "Look at me! Look at me, teacher!" I just thought it was. And then he so, like
1: shoots so, him out of the room with his. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, so then it does do the two truths and a lie, which I messed up because I gave you one of the truths. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. uh, so <laughs> because Nosferatu and Dracula came out at the same time, they decided to put it out as a TV special. Um, then there is uh, the Marson House is still up today and can be visited. And then the last one is Kurt Barlow is only in the movie for uh, less than ninety seconds the whole time
1: uh the marston house is not real
0: okay yeah that's it yeah they (laughs) spent uh like a hundred thousand dollars to build the frame of a house on top of another house so they can make it look creepy
1: which can't be the when they (laughs) say i i I didn't know that i don't want to pretend like i knew that but like um you just want to be like well in some ways that's genius but in other ways like you can just like paint a
0: house black
1: you couldn't have yeah, i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah they had to build so they took there was already a house there so they just built like a set around the house yeah. to make it look like a creepy house which yeah probably not the best way to do it but and it made it work somehow <laughs> yeah and i don't know how they made that inside of that house like extremely dusty
1: it looked like covered in poop yeah. That's what I immediately thought. is it looked like, like
0: mouse poop, or or like you yeah. had a, a hundred gerbils or something. <laughs> all right, yeah, that's that's all I had. Unless there was anything else you wanted to talk about about this uh, movie. Um.
1: Oh, did uh, have you seen uh, Midnight Mass?
0: No, I have not.
1: So I, I'm it is a very it's the nep, a new netflix it's a show on netflix and i it is a very similar plot uh very similar like it, 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 vampires in a new england town mm-hmm. um and if you i think if you liked this movie that is a much better version <laughs> all right what did you say it was called again midnight mass on netflix
0: Okay, yeah, I'll have to take that, look into that. I'm going to write that down so I don't forget. All right, so yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast here, Jason. Yeah, Thanks so much for having me. It was fun. Oh, no problem. And thank
1: you for watching that movie.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it was like, it's so long. I, I was like, uh, maybe I could, I wanted to cut it in half, but it, I mean, it it pretty much fit into one thing. Yeah,
1: and and you... I, I wonder if like a year from now, how good you're going to be at just like steamrolling through the plots of movies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to paranormal slacktivities. I have been your host, Anthony Martinez and my guest was Jason Dean. The artwork for the podcast was done by Zach Fitzpatrick Links for his work and the best ways to follow this podcast are in the show notes. Thank you. And I'll talk to you next Friday.